All right. Thank you for listening today. Um, I have uh, Jeff Mooney. Uh, this is Adrian Martinez. Um, and again, we want to keep these conversations brief, so we're going to get right into it. Jeff, talk to us about um, this particular moment uh, as um, as the, the world uh, kind of confronts the confronts and and lives in um, lives through the coronavirus pandemic. Talk to us in particular, though, about the goodness of God. How can we believe um, in the goodness of God? even through and in something like this, through the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, the goodness of God, it strikes me, is always seemingly, uh, for most, I think, just people in general, and maybe even people who go to church quite a bit, uh, is always sort of on the dock. It's always or in the dock, rather. It's always uh, it's mm. always in the dock. It's always, it's always uh, in, in the in the place where it has to prove itself every single day for every, at every single moment of the day. Um, And it's, it's really understandable. Um, You have people like a good friend and they do something really bad to you. Maybe, maybe you think that from that point forward, that person's always been bad. That person's always been horrible. And now they just showed their real colors. But I think most of us through a response like that, we would, we would think that to be fairly cynical. Uh, and about hmm. about somebody we uh, and so we we would we would want to soften that and uh, and that's just with normal people who don't really have a, a massive history of doing uh, overtly incredible things on our behalf <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, and so when we talk about the goodness of God and uh, it, it's best just to open up the Bible and see what people thought about the goodness of God back then uh, and most of the time when you see the goodness of God first of all it's concrete acts as a general rule generosity and most have rescue of god's people um uh on their behalf and uh so in the psalms when israel sings of god's goodness and they teach one another uh, to give thanks to god because god's uh god is good and and his love endures forever uh then they they coach each other uh, through thinking about god's redemptive mercies so the things that God has preeminently done on their behalf that has defined them into who they are. So they think of God's redemptive mercies about being rescued from Israel and uh, or rescued rather from Egypt and about de- being delivered into the land and uh, God's willingness uh, to forgive uh, his servants even when they fall into sin and his readiness to teach even rebellious people who repent his way and um, those those ideas are, are kind of rooted in the Old Testament uh, to think about the goodness of God. Uh, the goodness of God is wrapped up in these very concrete elements of deliverance and provision and uh, things like that. It doesn't remove uh, the uh, sort of uh, nature of being living between Genesis twenty three and Revelation you know twenty one. It, it, it's a uh, Sorry, Genesis three, rather, in Revelation twenty-one. Uh, it it um, in that in that space where we where we find decay and death and things like that. Uh, we 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 expect to find those things, but those things don't get to determine whether or not God is good. It's got it, these, these are determined by these large sort of redemptive works. And and you when you turn to the New Testament, you kind of find the same thing. Uh, you find um, you know. Uh, 
Paul and Romans, you know, being quite explicit, you know, speaking to uh, Christians who underwent persecution and saying to them that, that, uh, that, that if in fact God is for us, who can possibly be against us? And, and then, he's, then he doesn't say, because after all, he gets you out of trouble. He says, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, when he also with him graciously give us all things. And so he's, he, he, he sings about, if you will, or, or, or writes about here that in fact, uh, God will um, in fact, share his glory, share his presence eternally at one point. And, and, and so the goodness of God is rooted not in whether or not Rome is going to catch up with this underground church that uh, might exist during this time, but that, uh, that in fact, God has given up his son for them. And, and, it's, and, and that, that that's Paul's concern is kind of proven out just a few verses later when he he asks, well, who will separate us from the love of Christ? And he, this list of terrible things, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, sword, things like that. And he says, no, and in all these things, we're more than conquerors. So he doesn't, he doesn't suggest that, uh, that these things won't happen to us. He doesn't suggest that the reality of these things don't happen to us. But that never calls into question the goodness of God in his mind because of what has happened in God's redemptive mercies. And so God's goodness is really bound up in those redemptive, you know, kind of mercies. He finishes that uh, up, in fact, in verse 38 with, I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers or present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. And so that's a, I mean, that's a significant uh, you know, kind of paradigm to think through. We, we, we bump into the real world all the time and we bump into decay and death all the time. And of course, with something like this pandemic, that really seems to um, be the thing that's going to alter our way of life that, that we lived very naturally just a few weeks ago, that that life might not be the life we live in the future. Um, the economy that we're in, might crash. My, all those things might happen. People, people will most certainly die from this. Um, so, do each of those things? Each of those things would those surprise the apostle? I, I, I would say no. Would they surprise the psalmist? No. They would say, lodge your hope in living out real life that includes things like death and decay. But lodge your hope in the redemptive goodness of God. The goodness of God is seen in his redemption of you. Not, not that he makes your life you know, easy or even manageable sometimes on, on earth. And so the goodness of God is really rooted in those concrete uh, ideas of God's redemptive mercies more than anything else. All right, Jeff, uh, thanks. You know, a question that comes to mind uh, based on what you shared um, is should we look backward more than looking around? Um, you, you shared a lot about remembering and how essential that is um, for seeing the goodness of God. Um, and and, in, and in, in this particular moment and a lot of other moments, it is hard to look around you and, and see the goodness of God. Um, but is that maybe something to do with how we maybe lack clarity with what's happening around us, but there's a bit more clarity with things in the past and we can look back and, and see them a little bit clearer. Can, can you talk to us? About yeah. That? 
Yeah, no. I, yeah, why, why look to the past rather than looking around? Because most people look mm-hmm. around and then they say, well, there you go. God's not good. And I'm advocating, well, it's because you're looking in the wrong place. And that's why the reason I'm advocating that is I would be advocating that is because I think there are two visions in the Bible that provide us clarity for where we're at, because I don't think it's just a given that we've got this clarity that we'd like that we like to think of ourselves having uh one is uh a a a redemptive vision which is looking backwards like i was mentioning and the other is an eschatological or future vision which is looking forward um in psalm 73 you've got kind of a almost a uh kind of an eschatological vision in that uh the the psalmist after rehearsing these horrible things that 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 he sees and this deep contrast between him who Who's, he's he's trying to be faithful and, and the world around him. Um, he, he goes into the sanctuary of the Lord and then he sees their end. So he sees both judgment and mercy being doled out and, uh, both to the wicked and the righteous. And, and then he then now he sees his everyday life in very different ways than he did just prior. Mm. In the same way uh, I was advocating a while ago, that Israel and the New Testament both look back in some very real way uh, because it causes them to see what they're, what they're doing and how they're living now in really different ways. So the supper, for example, mm-hmm. uh, it, that Jesus institutes uh, the, the Lord's supper, the, the, the table is, is there to cause you to look back, do this uh, to remember me. Uh, and, and so the, the idea is it, you, you look back to know the certainty of your sin and, and God's love for you. You look back to know the necessity of the cross and God's love for you. You look back to, uh, at, you know, post-resurrection, knowing the power of the resurrection and the, the, the death blow that this gave to death because of God's love for you. And, and because of Jesus' own words, this also causes you to remember that Jesus is always with you to the end of the age, regardless of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so now that causes you to look at the world really differently. And so, uh, you know, um, in, in light of in light of all that, you know, you 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 hear the benedictions of uh, the New Testament. Um, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Present tense, present tense knowing that the Lord in the Lord, your labor is not in vain. That's sort of future tense, right? But you just got to be talking mm. about resurrection, which has happened. Right. And so, um, and so those uh, uh, looking in the back, looking behind us and looking in front of us is a Christian kind of thing to do when trying to decipher uh, how to, how to understand the goodness of God in the present. And so the, the, the past of what God has done, this concrete thing that God has done in the past the concrete thing that God promises he'll do in the future and coming back. And, and uh, it, it now establishes how you can uh, be steadfast and immovable or how you can, uh, you know, uh, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, how you mm-hmm. can uh, be rooted and grounded in love and uh, have the strength to comprehend with all the saints uh, what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ? And, and so the, 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 the quintessential, you know, the, uh, the, the core of the goodness of God. And, and so, but those things come from looking backwards and looking forwards. Uh, and, and, and it causes you to see the, the world around you in very different ways. Don't get me wrong. I, I feel like that 
also you, you you can do that by looking around. But typically, you look around and you see things that aren't challenging the goodness of God. So I'm, I'm assuming that your question is: mm. when we see things that challenge the goodness of God, we're looking around. So you, you can yeah, you, you can look yeah. at people's like good deeds. Uh, you know that they're, they're supposed oh, to give yeah. glory to God. You know that there's a. Uh, people are supposed to look at Christians and by virtue of the fact that we love one another, by virtue of the fact that we act toward one another in, in ways that subvert um, social distinctives and cultural distinctives and mores, that somehow or another that we must be followers of Jesus because of those concrete things. But I'm assuming you, what you're asking is uh, that when we look around and what we see is a pandemic and we see the real probability yeah. of people that we care about, you know, dying and, and uh, things like that. Uh, what does this tell us about the goodness of God? That's 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 when I think our eyesight yeah. Yeah. has to have some kind of that. There's got to be some wisdom that every time you make those decisions, that you are listening to competing voices with what has already been said about God. So uh, coronavirus mm-hmm. says, no, God isn't so good, isn't so powerful, because if he was, he would get rid of me. And the cross says, I've already shattered death, uh, and one day I'll bring uh, to consummation all that I've done. But, but, but until then, and between now and then, real life carries on, and death happens, and decay happens, and disease happens, and, and things like this happen, uh, because this is... This is real life uh, in, in, uh, in, in the world. But that doesn't um, you know, mean that what God has done uh, that has this eternal imprint is uh, sort of diminished because this, this thing that has come up now that's got this very temporary imprint uh, has arrived. I, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't mm-hmm. think it erases that. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Thank you very much, Jeff, um, for you, for, uh, th- those who are listening. Thank you for listening. Um, again, we, we miss you. We love you. We hope this has been helpful. Um, if you have questions about this, feel free to reach out to us. Um, if you would like to hear us talk about something else um, on this podcast, um, please uh, do let, let us know um, what, what it is that you are thinking and, and feeling and you would um, be wanting to hear from your pastors about. Take care, everybody.